Well, there was one review. It starts off with like, at first I was like, meh. And I was reading, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I think about our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was actually Bella the Balls. Uh, but there's there's one person who uh, isn't quite happy with us, Dave. <laughs> really, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. His name is Do-Do-Do. <laughs> not really sure how to pronounce that. He writes, this podcast is not worth listening to. These guys are, well, I want to say morons, but I won't. The guy with the deeper voice, that's me, <laughs> offers no insight and frequently gets his information incorrect. In their second episode recap, they completely missed a reason for no milk. If they can't understand simple situations like this, this podcast is a waste of time. I consider myself a casual viewer of the TV show and like to listen to the podcast for things that I've missed. This podcast does not go in depth and misses the marks on many points of the show. Two out of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for participating. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> we got you to participate. <laughs> uh, ever since that review, there's been like a rash of positive reviews. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, a bunch of you kind of came to our uh, defense of sorts. So I want to give uh, big props to Quad- Quadruple X Thumper, Leslie <laughs> Fratt, Lilo and Finch, Master Chief 09756, who is just way better than Master Chief 09755. <laughs> Leggy, L23. Yeah, one more kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more kill. And Bell of the Balls. Thank you so much for participating and letting us know what you think. <laughs> let's let's do this, Dave. When Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. Ladies and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man. The Better. Better Call Saul Podcast. <laughs> I'm Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dave. Dave, how are you this evening? I am feeling wondertastic this evening. Awesome. Dave and I also co-host the Nothing Important Podcast. This week, we have musical guest Wally Dogger and the Vaude Villains, and we also have a really great interview coming up with Eric Barkley of the Tugboat coffee company which was a pretty interesting interview so if, if you're uh into coffee at all and you want to learn about the process brewing how the beans are picked and even the science of oh yeah of brewing please like, make sure that you subscribe to nothing important podcast and listen to it you can find that at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com remember it's all good man is brought to you by audible dot com audible they have over 150,000 audiobooks that you can download go to our website at sawgoodman.com click on the banner to click through and make sure you sign up for your free trial bob odenkirk saw himself actually has a book on there called a load of hooey <laughs> <laughs> it's a new release it's narrated by bob odenkirk david cross jay johnson jerry minor meg uh amron and paul f thompson Please make sure you get that for free. Go to our website, click through, audible.com. All right, Dave, so we just watched episode, what is that now, four? Episode four. Episode four, yeah. Hero. Hero. Is the title of it. And just quick impression, what, what did you think about it off the bat? I, this is probably my least favorite episode so far, so I'm going to give it my worst rating ever. Mm-hmm. Seven thumbs up. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what exactly... Uh, didn't you like about it, Dave? It, it, I don't know. It felt it felt like not a lot happened while a lot kind of did happen. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just so kinda, it's, it's just more of a pacing thing? Yeah, it's a pacing thing. And I guess 
it's still setting. It's just like you said, the slow burn. Mm-hmm. It's really slow. Yeah. Right. See, but I'm I'm kind of enjoying that because like I keep talking about how shoehorning it in, you know, like I'm right. I'm, I'm a fan of I, I like seeing how they set everything up because we already know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I'm I'm a big fan of seeing the setup. So I'm I'm okay with not seeing Saul be Saul. Yeah, and I guess that's the whole point is it's not gonna get to be Saul, you know, it won't happen until the end. Right. Although this is the episode where they drop the name. Right, yeah, roll credits. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's all good, man, right? Right, exactly. Right, right. and, the, and the, the flashback thing, I thought that was pretty cool, and I've, I've, I guess I just now realized, since I'm not that insightful, that uh, every flashback, <laughs> or every show starts with a flashback, and they keep going, it seems, farther back in time. Well, yeah, we, we don't really know if this... But we're not really sure. If that, because, well, last episode, um, Nacho, episode three... Started off with Saul talking to Chuck, right in, in jail. Jail, and we were we were watching it, and we were kind of like, "Oh, okay, so this is gonna, this is it. This is gonna be the Chicago sunroof." So we thought when when uh, Saul was walking down the alley with his buddy that he apparently met that night, I guess yeah. which turned out to be the mark for their scam, right. Right, and they were talking to the guy that kept calling them buttholes. Yeah. Saul's, Saul's Roundhouse ac- kicking. <laughs> Saul's accomplice were like, oh, he's laying on the ground. This is going to be the Chicago sunroof. And where that comes into play, last episode, we're, we're from Chicago, and I have never heard of that before. No, never. You know, we, we've lived here our entire lives, and for whatever reason, we, we've never heard of a Chicago sunroof. So we, we thought, like, maybe he was, like, peeping tom yeah right something or through a like a, through i'm a thinking center? like solarium was that what i was thinking yeah right but uh listener adam k actually sent us the definition of a chicago sunroof and the urban dictionary definition what's that is an urban dictionary urban definition? dictionary you know it <laughs> so <laughs> there's actually two definitions for it one is it's when you place your dick on the head of an opposing team's fan <laughs> so i guess like for most people here down at Soldier Field, it'd be, you know, like a Green Bay fan, like you put your dick on their yeah, on their head. Like some <laughs> like, sort hey. of variation on teabagging yeah, or, yeah. or hey, flogging Chicago or whatever sunroof. you want to call it. Yeah. And another one is when you piss through the sunroof of a car of some yuppie downtown. <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah. wait. So it's like a <laughs> like kind of like public urination, like oh, right. well, you know, Which, I gave him Chicago sunroof. I guess either one of them is the, the indecent exposure thing, right? But yeah. They did say assault, right? So that leads me to think it's the first one. It, it was probably supposed to be yeah. the dick on the head of the <laughs> of the opposing team's <laughs> fan, right? So like the 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 huge fat guy that kept calling a butthole was <laughs> laying down in the alley, and uh, that's when I thought it was going to happen before mm-hmm. it revealed that it, it was all part of the scam, right? Because they set that up pretty well, where they found the guy's wallet. Uh, they take the money. The guy is, uh, you know, behind the dumpster acting as if he's just like inebriated. Mm-hmm. And he, he keeps, you know, um, keeps being defiant, calling them buttholes and all that. And the one guy takes the watch and they take the money. And then the rest of the, the scam plays out. But we were waiting for it. Right. right yeah. We were, totally we're like, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And then it never happened. And then it's weird when you get disappointed about. <laughs> about that <laughs> about not, not seeing a guy slap another guy's face with his dick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely but that that's uh you know i enjoy that too because it, keep, it keeps throwing you for a loop it, mm-hmm. it, it was good to see yet another scam that that jimmy mcgill pulled his, right? yeah, his douchebag history right yeah basically yeah totally and and like we said it was the first time that he said uh you know what's her name saw because it's saw a good man so it was awful 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 
awesome of them to give our podcast a shout out in the show. So right? thank you so much, AMC and <laughs> and Vince Gilligan and Bob Odenkirk. That's really cool that you promoted us. I couldn't have asked for a better uh, a better endorsement. And we here at uh, Nothing Important Podcast appreciate that. <laughs> so I didn't notice the watch thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. There seems yeah. to be some sort of watch thing. Right. They put like, emphasis, right? Like they, yeah. they, they took the man's watch and then uh, the opening for this episode, the, the background of the open, the background images. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that was, that it was, was cell phones. It was cell phones. Which I wanted to get to about that. Okay. We'll get to that. But he had in Breaking Bad, he had a drawer full of, you know, a drawer full of watches. Mm-hmm. And he's always talking about the watch makes the man. It's not the watch you're going to wear to this. And then there's also the, the part where Walter puts his watch on top of the payphone, mm-hmm. which at the last episode, which you cleverly suggested, maybe his time was up. Right, yeah, my, cool my, insight, <laughs> my insight on that was, <laughs> was that Walt knew his time was up, so he mm-hmm. just kind of put the, his watch that he had been wearing up there and then just kind of leaving it behind. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, I'm not going to lie, I don't know what the hell the watch thing is all about, but it just seems to be a running thing, like they're just referencing watches. Right, so for those of you listening, please send us your... Send us your theories or, you know, what, what you perceive the, yeah. the whole watch analogy to be. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely look it over and probably include it in the next episode. Absolutely. And, I then, do. and then the, uh, and then the beginning, you know, the opening credits had that drawer full of, uh, phones, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense that his phone starts ringing this episode. Oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> which I totally thought of. After his phone started ringing, mm-hmm. like, I didn't think that was what was going to happen. But yeah. well, he fi- he finally got he finally got messages, mm-hmm. right? He did yeah, get messages. Yeah, and it's funny because for the past couple episodes, every time they show the phone, I'm like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna get a call. Yeah, like I keep making the prediction he's gonna get a call, and then it didn't happen. And, and tonight it finally <laughs> happened, and he actually got seven messages uh, from potential clients. I, I did like the scene where uh, they were standing outside of the the bar in Cicero, Illinois, and they're like, sorry, man. This town sucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this town does suck. And I, I can attest, Cicero, Illinois kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm from Cicero. <laughs> I'm from Wilmette. <laughs> uh, my, my best story that I have personally from Cicero is it's the first time that I ever saw those cans of Bud Lights that are like a Bud Light margarita. <laughs> that are like the, the butterita or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Limerita. So, Limerita, yeah. So the, strawberries and Limeritas. Right, yeah. yeah. So that as far as I know is the best thing to come out of Cicero, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, well <laughs> it's Cicero, man. It's this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I also like in the scene, you know, like growing up and watching Stand By Me and all these other like the joke is always if you find a dead body, you poke it with a stick. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love that like how Saul found a stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was gonna <laughs> city. Tried hey. to poke, yeah, like tried to poke the fat guy with it. That's that's everything. Like every kid's, um, every kid's common knowledge comes down to like, hey, you find a dead body, the first thing you do, poke it with a stick. Poke it with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just just one more thing. The the way that they played out, it, it, I like how they used. It was a big elaborate scheme, basically, to get Sal's buddy to pay them basically five hundred and forty bucks for scamming them, right? Because right. they were arguing over the price of. The perceived value of uh, the Rolex watch. Yeah, the Rolex watch, and which is obviously fake because they wouldn't let somebody run off with a Rolex watch. And and I I hope I hope it shows more of his buddy. You think so? You think I I thought that was a one time deal? I don't know. Are you talking about the fat guy? The fat guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think yeah. Because the fat guy, they were they were hanging out and drinking beer while um, 
Saul was doing bong reps. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just like, I just love watching you work. The only thing in my mind that could have made that better is if the fat guy would have actually been Huel. Yeah. How great would that have been? And then that would have been that would have been the start of Huel and Saul's relationship. Yeah, but I, I just don't see Huel going back to Chicago though. You know, he's, I think I was thought of like everybody else's Albuquerque bound. You know, mm-hmm. everything happens in Albuquerque, right? You know, so I didn't really put, I didn't put that together. I kind of forgot about Huel and uh, and his buddy also. I just hope one day we find out what happened to Huel. I hope so, but I don't know. <laughs> when we last saw him, he was just sitting in a room, scared to leave. <laughs> that lovable bastard. Yeah. <laughs> then it cuts, you know, it, it cuts to the opening sequence, drawer, drawer full of cell phones, and then we're back at the... Back at the campsite. At the campsite, Kettleman's. And one thing I didn't pick up on, and Dave, you actually said it while we were on the couch, and I'm not sure if you said it last podcast, but uh, listener punk-ass Ernie... Uh, Reminded us that the sticker on the family car shows uh, the four members of the family and a tent. Yeah, they got backpacks on. Yeah, and that was a, and that was a big clue that they they were campers and shit. And right. I, I totally whiffed on that one. <laughs> which which we didn't even know last because we lost the stream last episode. Mm-hmm. But since AMC is kind enough to replay the shit out of this show, right? Yeah, yeah we get to <laughs> we got to catch up on that. And uh, yeah, he totally Mike plants the idea that they're not far from home. Like they're not at home, but they're not far from home. Right. So then that well, whole... it turned out it was it was five miles. Oh, that's right. It was five miles up. So Saul Saul walked the desert for five for five that, miles. And I'm going to tell you what: if you're off on a hike in one direction for five freaking miles, you have faith, right? That you are on the right path. That that's that's <laughs> one thing that 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 kind of that kind of bugged me is. Like I get that he's he's kind of going, but like five miles—that's a hell of a hike, especially yeah. up a mountain in the desert. Yeah, in your suit. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess that shows like some straight up determination. But even even that instance, I feel that the the chances of him actually happening by them, <laughs> even following a trail, mm-hmm. is is astronomical. So like I, that made me wince a little bit, where I was like, ah, that's that's yeah, kinda, it's a little far fetched, but it's, it's stretching it. It's a TV show. Yeah, exactly. But then he, he finally finds them, and then it comes to the where uh, Betsy finally oh. tries to saw. Uh, Betsy tries to bribe Saul. I don't like her. No, no, not a favorite character. She's well, I don't know. She's totally that like that manipulative manipulative wife. Like the, obviously, mm-hmm. the husband's a huge pussy. Right. Yeah. She, totally. She's totally telling him what to do, how to do things. You've earned this money. This is your money. You know, only guilty people hire lawyers like you. Like you're, she's like believing her own hype that she's innocent, right? And, and, and she that, deserves the million and a half dollars or whatever that they stole, right? Like it, it was his money, even though it like wasn't part of his salary, and like you know, right? Like he he worked, you know, off the clock yeah, and whatever. Because I'm sure his forty thousand dollar a year job, you know, his his overtime's worth one point six million, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it that that total. Uh, Fairness bullshit, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, but maybe, maybe we'll see that as, as the show progresses, like it'll, it'll show more of her, like kind of pushing him into this because she's just unhappy with her right. life and think they deserve more. So yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's one of those fatal flaws, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Cause yeah. And she, she refers to it as a teensy mistake. One teensy mistake. Yeah. One teensy yeah. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> one, one little thing. I, I like how she kept saying he wasn't guilty, even though she kept admitting that they took the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's believing her own life. She, she is so entrenched in the lie. Of, right, of, it's like of, one of those things, like, you tell the lie 
uh, often enough and long enough, and eventually you start believing it yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's totally, totally like that. Like, oh yeah, well we we didn't do anything wrong. I mean, yeah, yeah sure, shit. He, he, you know, we took like a one point six million dollars, but I mean, like, <laughs> come on, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, like he 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 stayed at the office late a few fucking times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, then so, so then she even offers him a bribe, mm-hmm. which you called prophecy. You, you said this might be. When he starts to realize he can make more money outside the courtroom than inside the courtroom. Yeah, it, start, it starts laying the foundation. But I, I wasn't even sure of that when the scene was going on because he stuck to the whole, I don't take bribes. Because right. he did that in Breaking Bad, too, with Walt and Jesse. He's like, I'm not taking a bribe. Put the dollar in my pocket, and now I'm your lawyer. Right. And so, like, like that that scene just went on just long enough to where I started to question that. I was like, well, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong. Like, he he's not going to take the bribe and then they kind of left it a little ambiguous mm-hmm. because it, it cut to a whole new scene and um but he does he does offer you know i won't take a bribe but i'll take a retri- i'll take a retainer mm-hmm. you know keep me on as your lawyer and let's let's fight you know hamlin hamlin and mcgill you know but then that's when the, that's when she says if we hire you we'll look guilty you right because we'll you're... hire the polished company right so but I, I i honestly when the scene ended i thought he just turned down flat out like mm-hmm. he Obviously, you find out he turns them into the cops, but I didn't think he took the money. Right. Yeah. Well, th- they left that. Like I said, they they left mm-hmm. that really ambiguous. It was like up until up until he slapped the stack of money on the uh, the desk, you weren't really sure what, what right. direction it and went then, there. Then he immediately starts trying to find a way to legitimize the stack of money by creating an invoice mm-hmm. based around you know to add up to that kind of money, so that way he doesn't get caught. Right. And then. It cuts to Saul and Nacho's conversation after Nacho finally got out of jail, but it was the next day, so he didn't mm-hmm. make the one-day deadline. Right. So I was just waiting for the death threat from from Nacho, and he kind of starts trying to bully Saul around. Right. Well, he, and he's convinced, you know, he, he's putting it together that I'm in jail for a reason. The cops knew I was there for a reason. Somebody tipped off the family. That whole thing. You know, only person I told was you. <laughs> right, one person right. knew, and then I got in trouble. Yeah, so he's still, he's still after Saul, like or Jimmy McGill has mm-hmm. something coming to him from Nacho. Right, and and uh, and then it was nice because when he was backed into the corner, like you see a little bit of uh, of uh, Saul's balls. Saul's balls. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and once again, thanks for commenting on our iTunes. <laughs> but um, you see a little bit of his balls come out because he's kind of painted into a corner. Mm-hmm. Just like he was with Tuco in the desert, and he's and he's like comes back swinging. He's like, mm-hmm. "No, motherfucker! First off, whoever did that did you a favor." And then he lays out the case to how that person did him a favor. Exactly, and he's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and Nacho um, never agreed, like never really agreed to that. He just kind of did like the classic and dramatic series where you never answer the question or say what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. You just kind of walk off into the distance, mm-hmm. which. That kind of irritates me, but that's just like a pet peeve I have across all dramas. I hate that shit. Like, yeah. But I guess so many shows wouldn't be TV shows if somebody actually just said something that needed to be said in that particular moment. Oh, that would end every plot that's ever written pretty <laughs> right. much, yeah. <laughs> Even in you know, Breaking Bad had a lot of that. Breaking Bad would have really annoyed me with the whole, like, I'll give you the information after you're already pissed off about what, you know, Mm-hmm. The information would have made you not get pissed off about. Oh my god! Have yeah. you watched Prison Break? No, I don't watch Prison, Prison Break. Break. Is an entire series. My wife uh, loves Prison Break, and it is a kind. Of, it is a pretty entertaining show. But the entire premise of that is like every thirty seconds, somebody confronts somebody, and then it's followed by like a snide remark or silence, and then they walk off. 
<laughs> and then the person that's being walked away from never says, wait, fucker, get back over here and answer my question. Or like, right. what do you have on your mind? They just kind of stare off in the opposite direction. And then the camera sits on them for like two seconds and then it cuts, cuts the scene. <laughs> so I guess if you like awkward, dramatic pauses, uh, please check out prison. Break. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he takes the bribe and he stacks up the money. And then uh, the line that I like is upon this rock, I will build my church mm-hmm. because I don't know, I guess he kind of legitimized the money, but this is where it's really starting. He takes the money, he sets it, you know, merchandising, or not merchandising, but marketing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, image. Well, speaking of lies, then he has to start lying to himself. Right, yeah, that's it, true, it, yeah. It's not a bribe. He, he's trying to legitimize it by creating invoices, like with the consulting fee mm-hmm. <laughs> and... uh what was one of, oh yeah, like he took like a big stack of like $100 bills and he's like, well, I did eat while on the yeah, road. Tra- yeah, <laughs> like, traveling like, expenses, miscellaneous expenditures. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's doing the same thing. He's just trying to, in his mind, legitimize what he's doing as well. Right. And, and, and that's pretty good acting on Bob Odenkirk's part because you can actually see that him struggle with that. Like the way yeah. that they handle that is pretty well because you even made the comment where you're like, wow, he's really not sure. He's not comfortable with the situation. Yeah, yet. he's not comfortable. Yeah. He's not sure if he should take this path. And I, I think that came through really well. You know, he's stacking up the money, drinking his cucumber water. Cucumber his, water, yeah. Or vodka or whatever the hell he's pouring <laughs> in it now. But, um, but I, I, I think that was, that was handled really well. I really liked how they did that. And he's just, hey, and lying to myself just so I can kind of live with myself kind of deal. Which you reminded me, I wanted to mention that in the flashback scene, mm-hmm. not the best job of making Bob Odenkirk look 20 years younger. Right? Or <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, give him some long, scraggly hair and a flannel. Right. The only thing missing was if he would have had like a super cool early 2000s goatee or something <laughs> like that. Like, that, that kind of caught me off guard too. I was like, ah, man. Like, <laughs> but you know, the, the suspension of, of, Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, you know, like that—that's going to be hard for him to do because you know yeah. Odenkirk is is a middle-aged man, and now we're going back, you know, shit, ten, yeah. you know, a decade, and you know, like once you hit a certain point in life, like you age crazy fast, you mm-hmm. know, like like so. The only thing they really could do was give him like the super cool clothes of the era, <laughs> <laughs> and kind of, I guess, use longer hair to kind of cover up some of the facial features or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So then, I guess, apparently, after he gets a lot of money, he starts having Mrs. Doubtfire. Do his voicemail message? No, he did the British thing. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did the British thing before. Remember? Like that's, the right, first that's right. That's right. Yeah. First episode. The car. So one of the things I liked is that they they keep exploring the the relationship between Kim and Saul. Right. Right. At first, like the first episode or so, it was kind of weird. Like it was obviously they had some sort of connection, but it didn't really go in depth. And then last episode, it you know it showed that they. Definitely got more into it with the with the the, the phone sex and the robot right the sex phone sex you know and, like hinting at like a yeah. past either like liaison or like sexual relationship or such. Mm-hmm. But this episode, I, I feel like it kind of shows that she actually cares for him, like genuinely cares for him even more because she she met him at the the salon and right. she was really concerned about him when they want to talk. And uh, speaking of the salon, actually we we had some listeners point out that the salon where he currently resides is the same. Uh, salon they tried to launder money through in Breaking Bad. But listener Adrock83 says that it's actually two different salons. So really? everybody, yeah, he says uh, that's a common mistake, but the nail salon you the nail salon used in Breaking Bad was actually the Zen nail salon at 4500 Asuna Road 
And the salon used in Better Call Saul is the day spa and nail, which is the actual location location listed on Jimmy's matchbooks. And that's at 161 Tabo Boulevard. So it's not the same. <laughs> that's, that's, see, that's the thing is we don't have to be that insightful and stuff because our fans are doing it for us. And that's all we wanted in the first place. Right. And you guys are awesome. <laughs> and, and once again, AdRock83, big ups to you because that's. That's awesome yeah. that you've got the actual addresses. Yeah, that's like some <laughs> investigative reporting shit going on over here. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. So thank you, AdRock83. So she she shows up there, and they have... They have a little moment. Yeah, their little moment. And, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's nice, too, because it didn't start off with her just instantly delivering the cease and desist order. Right. They like had a nice little like like friendly chat and kind of joked around and flirted a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like the settings. On the on the fucking massage massage chair, massage chair, massage chair. Get that deep <laughs> tissue, or you won't feel nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and then she hits them with the cease and desist for for the billboard for the billboard, mm-hmm. which is awesome too. Because I just want to point out uh, those of you uh, when you go to our website, click the big uh, click the big icon that says uh, it's Saul Goodman on location. Travis from. Uh, Albuquerque is a listener of the show and he started he started an Instagram where he took pictures around the town and last episode I mentioned how some of the billboards he took pictures of that they used during filming and he had that billboard that was one of the billboards that was that was one of the, the one of the billboards so like I, I kept looking at it and I'm like oh well that's kind of funny and I wasn't really sure the context of that uh-huh. and then here it is like two three weeks later we actually got to see the context of that so if you guys want to see like pictures from around Albuquerque uh, please make sure that you hit up uh, you hit up Travis, uh, his Twitter, uh, which will lead you right to his Instagram, and that's available right from our website. That 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 was pretty cool for me personally, just to see that come in, yeah, come come into play. Well, and, and you mentioned the one about don't call Saul. Yeah, don't call Saul. I wonder if there's a billboard water brewing or something yeah, like that. You know, well, maybe McGill maybe, maybe or Hamlin sh- throws up a don't call Saul. You know, something right? Like yeah, that. fighting uh, <laughs> fighting fire with fire because the whole point between the billboard is is Saul was basically trying to. To rip off, well, yeah. gain clients at the build, get clients on the reputation of of someone else. Yeah, of Hamlin and McGill. Yeah, kind of like starting a podcast about a TV show instead of creating your own format or your own topics. Right, you just talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> but but uh, and it never. Okay, so let's talk about the whole billboard thing. You want to talk about the whole billboard thing? Let's talk about the billboard thing. First off, what was the name of the blue? Um, Hamlindigo. Hamlindigo. <laughs> Hamlindigo Blue. He must listen to the Hamlindigo girls. <laughs> so, so Saul, my name is Hamlindigo Montoya. <laughs> so Sal, <Saul put, laughs> so Sal, so Sal puts up this billboard that's almost like an exact replica of the Hamlin, Hamlin and McGill, Hamlin and McGill uh, billboards and logos, and and uh, we we were kind of wrong there because we thought that when in the preview for next week's episode when it showed him with the hairstyles i'm like okay this is it they're gonna give him like more like the saw like yeah like this is how even though he looks relatively the same i was like okay there's gonna be like some sort of difference they make about his hair or whatever Mm. and like this but no apparently he was just getting his hair bleached blonde so he looks like the douchebag from hamlin and then the the just give me the curling iron yeah the girl that's what threw me off when he was saying that i was like okay it's gonna be another montage and it's gonna go through funny (laughs) <laughs> funny hairstyles until he settles on yeah, something very similar job. to what he wears anyway like i thought that'd be the joke is like 
his hairstyle is like kind of what it is. And then he goes through all these different hairstyles, like the montage in pretty woman or something. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and it's like, just kind of just a slight variation of the haircut he already has. And it's like, Hey, that's perfect. Like I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. Saul, <laughs> but no, he, he puts up, um, he puts up a billboard. looks like Hamlin and McGill. And then he stages this man. I don't know. Publicity See, stunt. Well, for one, we don't even know that it was staged, right? For no, sure. it was totally staged because they shook hands. Because after Saul pulled him up off the billboard, they shook hands, and the, and the guy that fell off the billboard was like, it "Took you long enough." <laughs> oh, I was writing. Yeah, no, no, I was totally. writing notes when that happened. My bad. Right, and I I feel that uh, I feel that was like telegraphed a little bit because I even looked at you like right when the guy fell. I was like, oh, "Yeah, man, you caught it up. right away." He um, set that up because uh, I'm even sitting there watching, and I'm thinking, "I'm like, he keeps looking at the billboard. Mm-hmm. Why does he keep looking at the billboard?" You know. And mm-hmm. then, he, like, I thought maybe he's waiting for it to get taken down so we can make a comment at the camera about, hey, they just took my billboard down. Mm-hmm. But no, he's just waiting to see when, when the guy was going to fall. Right. And, and you called that way before. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, oh, the dude fell. This is a pretty coincidental, yeah, convenient, you know, convenient circumstance yeah, to occur at I that particular it was moment. Interesting little plot, you know, conveniences. But mm-hmm. no, he was scamming i like how we went through all the different uh legit news agencies <laughs> like legit yeah. and like they kept turning him down he's trying to he's trying to he, trying to play it off as like it's some big bad corporation trying mm-hmm. to keep down the little man the david because, versus goliath story yeah yeah <laughs> and of course he goes to a college newspaper because uh college newspapers would eat that right up right well, and then the I kid's like, still like a dick about it right <laughs> and, be, and before the guy fell i was sitting there thinking i'm like well, who's going to listen to some college newspaper? Because mm-hmm. no offense to anybody that's out there uh, that works on college newspaper. You know, like I, I, but your I, job is meaningless, right? Yeah, it's 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 not like it's not like you're the Wall Street <laughs> Journal. You know what I mean? It's, it's not it's not like you're like yeah the Washington Post or something. You no, know? yeah, I was like, being sarcastic. By the way, your job is not meaningless. No, it's, it's not. I mean, you're you're you doing good things, and you're going to get that Pulitzer eventually. Just, just you know, keep at it. And shoot, <laughs> shoot right, but really, he wasn't using them to report the story. No, it was just all. basically to document the situation so he would have footage so he could sell it so he could sell it to bigger, mm-hmm. bigger and better yeah, newspapers. And, and I didn't even put that together when he was super anal about getting me and the billboard in the shot. Mm-hmm. He had to have them both in the shot. Right. Well, I didn't get that at first either because yeah. I kept thinking like you know he just wanted it as part of the set piece mm-hmm. as the guy was taking it down like hey see what these assholes are doing like look they are taking my sign down and then the guy fell and then I was like oh well he he totally set that up like he, he totally mm-hmm. planned that out and but I still didn't I still didn't figure out where exactly the uh, the student newspaper worked into all that until you see the headline like local lawyer local hero or whatever the yeah. fuck it was well i got it well, as soon as the whole situation started happening with the guy falling that's when i was like oh that's why he got the that's why he was so desperate just to find somebody with a camera to be there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's not not like nowadays where he could have done it like on his iphone or something right you know? which also was a question that we had because somebody whipped out their phone and started filming, mm-hmm. and we were kind of debating if they were camera phones back then. Yeah, what, what year do you think this takes place in now? Like, Breaking Bad, like, ended, like, what, like, 2010 or something like no, that? No, I thought it ended, like, last year. Like okay, so, like, say, let's, say, let's say 2012. So yeah. that means Better Call Saul takes place in 2006? No. You said it's six years prior Okay, the so, start of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is five seasons. Okay. So you got to go back five years. Okay. And then go back six more. Okay. So you're looking about a decade ago. Maybe, okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe 12 years ago. Maybe okay. a baker's dozen. Somewhere in there. Okay. So let's, let's just say conservatively 2002. Tail end of your college years. And the tail end of your college years was around like 2004. Did you have a cell phone with a camera on it? I knew people that did. 
All right. real, real quick story, and I'm just going to tell this just because it's an ample time to tell a story. The first time I ever saw somebody with a camera on their cell phone, it was like two. It was it was like 2002 spring break in Panama City Beach, Florida, <laughs> and we were at a club that doesn't even exist anymore. And we were there to see Vanilla Ice <laughs> at the club. <laughs> and uh, my buddy AJ, so AJ, if you're listening, here's your shout out. My buddy AJ pulled out this phone with a camera on it. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, it's it's a camera. He pulls his phone out. He sets down the tripod legs, put the no. curtain over his head, starts no. winding it up. No, it was a flip phone. Just like <laughs> it was a flip phone, just like in Better Call Saul. And I'm like, your phone has a camera? And I'm like, that's stupid. That'll never take off. That's so dumb. <laughs> But I asked him, I'm like, why, uh, why are you to stand there with your camera in there? And he's like, well, I'm trying to get video. And I'm like, video of what? So then our other friend, John, comes up and he's like, hey, guys, check this out. Here's an $8 drink that I bought just to throw at Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and so John takes the drink, throws it over the crowd, and it hits Vanilla Ice right on the shoulder. And my buddy got it all on tape with a super awesome flip phone camera. And there you go. So it, it's possible... It's possible that that they did have it. I guess we answered our own our yeah, own question. Just had to think about it a little bit. Yeah, look at that. See, it worked through. So, uh, John, AJ, hello. Thanks for listening. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then my favorite moment, Dave. My favorite moment so far in the series. It was it was a small victory. He finally got he finally got the messages. He got seven messages. Yep, yep. And then he had to go to explain to Chuck, like, hey, business is booming. I had three consults before I even came over here today, before lunch. <laughs> and Chuck's all proud of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, All right, see, I told you if you if you were a good person and you work hard, things are gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And then he runs across the street with the foil blanket, freaking out because of the power lines and such. Right, because Jimmy hid the newspaper from him with he, that story in it. With that story in it, he pays the five dollars to his neighbor who's like what the hell is this freak doing in my lawn? <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> and and uh, runs back, opens up the newspaper, sees what his brother has been up to. End of the show. And a super disappointment. Super disappointment. So maybe... Right, that was a disappointing look on his face, right? He was kind of like, what? God damn it, you know? Yeah, like sad. Well, we talked before, yeah. like, they've done a good job of staging it where, you know, they're brothers and they love each other because they're brothers, but... Mm. Chuck but, appears to have a lot of integrity. Yeah, and Jimmy knew. Yeah. Jimmy knew that he had to hide that from his brother. He had to hide it, and, and so I think that'll come into play. Like, I bet it'll be one of those things that, like, Chuck will be more sad that Saul hid that from him mm-hmm. yeah. than, than the actual methods that he used to get that kind of exposure. Exactly. So. But I'm sure there's a lecture coming, and uh, I hope they do some sort of reaction, Chuck's reaction to the billboard. I think that would be pretty cool. Well, Chuck will never see the billboard because he doesn't come out of his house. Exactly. That's why he hasn't seen the billboard yet. But I'm hoping, like maybe through the newspaper article or something, he'll catch a glimpse of the billboard. Maybe that'll be. Know. Maybe that'll actually break. What if that broke out? Um, broke Chuck out of his funk. Like he's so disappointed in his brother, he starts finding out what the hell his brother's been up to. So now he's actually got to leave the house and he, like, to start confronting about this. Like going back to Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill to the law firm and finds out what Saul has been up to in the meantime. And he passes like the billboards yeah. and he's just like, Oh shit. And then, you know, that's going to put them on a collision course. That's like a conversation for preview with the prior. That's a conversation for preview with the prior, which we're actually going to record right after this. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for listening to, uh, it's all good, man. Everybody out there, uh, 
your your awesome reviews, your awesome input, your awesome participation. We really appreciate that. We we love that shit. Yeah, right? absolutely. I check I check for new reviews every day. I'm not gonna lie. Every day, like we said, this is as much your podcast as it is our podcast. Please make sure to check us out on Facebook. Twitter. Uh, check us out on calltosol.com. Uh, there are buddies that we partner up with. They have all sorts of good articles, reviews about rumors and such, about Better Call Saul. Make sure to check out uns. Uh, it's Saul Goodman on location. Travis uh, down in Albuquerque taking pictures of the area just for you. He takes pictures of locations that we're seeing in tonight's episode. Dave, do you have anything to add? Call us geniuses. Call us idiots. You know, just call us. You heard me.